You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Management Decisions, a show where we bring in high-level executives and consultants from a wide collection of businesses to discuss what goes on at the top of the food chain. And today we're talking about the impact that frustrated frontline employees have on the overall business and what management should do to alleviate that frustration. And joining us today to talk about this is customer service expert and consultant Errol Allen. Errol, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you for having me on today, Katie. Now, I'm just wondering what your experience is with this topic, especially with what frustrates frontline employees. Well, having been in um, customer service all of my corporate career, I know it can be very frustrating in trying to deliver a great customer experience when you have internal issues or things that impact you negatively that really won't allow you to do that. That that can be very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Now, why are frontline employees so important to the success of the business? Well, your frontline employees are the face of your company, and it's important that they be happy so that they can deliver a, a great experience to your customers. Mm-hmm. They can um, create revenue for you, and they can also preserve revenue for you through mm-hmm. the actions they take in servicing the customers. Okay. Now, what kind of impact does a frustrated frontline employee have, especially when they deal directly with customers? Katie, I, I feel most frontline employees, in spite of being frustrating, they try to still deliver Mm-hmm. A great customer experience, but after a while, it can it can wear on them. Okay, and they usually do one of two things. All right. The first one is the uh, level of service that they deliver starts to go down mm-hmm. as the frustration level rises. That makes sense. Or they decide to go to work elsewhere. So now you've lost an experienced employee from your organization. So either way. The company loses, and of course, the um, customer is impacted by that. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I wanted to dive into as far as, you know, what frustrates frontline employees is unrealistic expectations. Now, why do you believe these expectations are set that are so unrealistic for those frontline employees? I believe unrealistic expectations are set because the person setting those expectations does not have a realistic view of what they're asking the um, employees to to do. Mm-hmm. Here's what I suggest. Go and spend time with the employees to see what it is they face in doing the job before you set expectations. All right. You want to set expectation based on what's actually happening, what they're actually facing, the different tasks that they're required to do in servicing the customer. You, you want to set your expectations to real world activity. Mm-hmm. Now, can you give us an example of an unrealistic expectation for a frontline employee? And maybe it's something like goals created on mathematical formulas rather than, you know, like you said before, what's actually happening in that position. Let's take, for instance, a frontline person working in maybe the call center environment. Mm-hmm. And they're asked to keep their calls to a certain number of minutes. Okay. Well, not every call is the same. Mm-hmm. So if I get someone that it requires me to do a little extra for them, am I going to be concerned about the call time that I'm asked to adhere to? Or am I going to be concerned about making sure I take care of the customer properly? Right. And see, that can create some frustration for 
the person servicing the customer. Because if I continuously go over the time that's been set for me, then I get a negative report from my supervisor. Mm-hmm. In spite of me doing what I needed to do for the customer, that one can get you in, a, in, it can create a lot of friction between an employee and an employer. It can in, create a lot of friction. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine, um, so, because at the end of the day, if you're in customer service and you're talking to these people, you build relationships with them and you want to make sure that they're getting what they need. But on the, you know, the same note for a manager, for the employer, having goals are important to ensure that your employees are working towards something. So when you're thinking about a role, especially one that's customer service driven, how do you keep those employees motivated without frustrating them with unrealistic expectations and goals? I think the first step is to gain an understanding of what they're facing okay. on a day-to-day basis in doing their job, which means you, you're going to have to go and spend time with them. Here's what I suggest. Do the job yourself. Okay. That can motivate a person even more because they see that you have decided to, to get in their shoes and spend some time doing what they do. That's, that's an instant boost there. Now, they don't expect you to do it as well as they do because you don't do it every day. But if you can, if you can get in there and do what they do, that creates some motivation right away. And then they have a different level of respect for you, too, because they feel like now you care about them because you took some time to come and do what they do. Mm-hmm. Now, I read an article that you wrote about this topic, and in that article, You pointed out that for managers, one thing that you can do to ensure that your expectations are realistic is kind of look at that capacity versus demand theory. So could you talk a little bit about that and why that can be helpful for managers? Well, it's it's simply looking at the work that needs to be done versus the number of people that you have to do the work, Mm -hmm. including the time that it takes to do the job properly. For instance, if there's eight hours in a day, right? Mm-hmm. And if in a work day anyway, and if I'm required to do, let's say you give me 60 assignments to do, but each assignment takes anywhere from 10 or 15 minutes to do. OK, am I going to be able to do all of those within the time frame that you've given me? And also, what else am I required to do in my job duties? Mm-hmm. Are there peripheral things that I'm required to do that may take up some time as well? So it's important to know how long does it take to do what you're asking me to do? I I think of one of my corporate, I guess my last corporate job, the assignments that we were given, they could take anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to do. And then you had to figure in the drive time. And we had an eight hour workday. So if you gave me 12 of those to do, then automatically I knew in order for me to do them properly, I was not going to get all 12 of those done. Right. How did that make me feel? I didn't feel too good about it because I knew the next day I'm starting off with some work that I was not able to complete the day before. And now you're going to give me probably 10 or 12 more. So now I'm I'm automatically behind and it didn't make me feel too good in looking at that workload. Now, me personally, I didn't let the workload determine how I handled the assignment and how I treated my customer Mm -hmm. because it was not the customer's fault that I was overloaded. Their customer, they expect me to do my job and expect me to do it right. But it it didn't help my frustration level in knowing that every day that I started work, I was overloaded. Mm-hmm. And already behind. Right. And another thing that I wanted to touch on today that kind of frustrates frontline employees is 
dictating from on high. So what does this mean and how does that frustrate frontline employees? Well, when you have someone that does not understand what it takes to actually do the job, mm-hmm. they just send the orders down. Okay, we need to get this done. We need to get that done. We need to get it done by whatever date or time and, and not having a realistic understanding of what that means mm-hmm. or setting goals that are based upon high in the sky versus reality. That, there's nothing wrong with goals, but you also want to make sure that they're based upon reality. And, and not pie in the sky. You have no input into how the goals are set. That's very frustrating when you're the one that has to do the job, but no one asks you, is this a realistic goal? Mm-hmm. You just, and when you ask questions, you know, how did you get this? You know, how did you arrive at this number or this goal? Can you explain to me how you arrived at it? And they either refuse or can't. That's very, very frustrating for someone that actually has to do the job. Now, how does this have an impact on the overall business and then that individual's team? And I think this kind of relates back to what you were just talking about with how you're starting your day, but you're already behind because your goals have been unrealistic because these people are, um, your managers are dictating from on high, from up above in the clouds. And I imagine for an overall business, that can actually be quite damaging because your, your employees are your human capital and you need them. That's true, Katie. Like I stated before, when you come to work and you're already frustrated, that's not a good feeling. And mm-hmm. if you have a, a workforce that doesn't feel good about coming to work, it's going to show in your company. It's going to show in, in their overall performance. You're going to have some people that just develop the I don't care attitude. They're going to take shortcuts mm-hmm. in doing their work. Some will even become a little unfriendly and a little unprofessional with the customer because of the stress level. Mm-hmm. Then you can get into what does stress do to one's body? How does it impact one person to the next? Because everybody deals with stress in a different way. So now you have a demotivated, stressed out workforce, and that's certainly going to impact your company and the, and the customer's experience with your organization. Mm-hmm. And to add on to the stress and the overwhelmed, overworked employees, And one thing that does add to that is subpar supervision. I think that it's fairly obvious why subpar supervision is so frustrating for frontline employees. But why do those individuals get promoted to those management decisions? And what can a frontline employee do to kind of let their manager know that they're just not cutting it if they should do that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Most of the time, one gets promoted to the position of supervisor because they've been good in in performing the job duties. Mm -hmm. They come to work every day. Uh, They can be counted on to do a good job. They can be depended upon to step in when when they're needed. So usually that's the first person that receives consideration when a promotion is available. And there's other things that need to be taken into consideration. Is this person a people person? How do they deal with other people? Is this person, do they have traits that would lead to being a good good leader? And then it's on the company, in my opinion, to make sure this person is equipped with supervisory or management skills. You have to mm-hmm. train people to be a great supervisor. They may have some of the uh, traits, but you want to, you don't want to just put them in there and don't equip them with the skills necessary to be a great supervisor. That's, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the end goal for a frontline manager, especially when it comes to managing 
frontline employees who are directly talking and speaking with and interacting with your customers? The end goal, I believe, is to create more supervisors and managers. Okay. And you do that by spending time with your people, mm-hmm. training your people, making sure they understand their role, they understand their tasks, they understand how they impact other parts of the company. You want to duplicate yourself. Okay. That's one thing I always focused on is when I was a manager was I need to create more me. And in order to do that, I had to spend time with my people to find out what skills they needed, where they were weak, where they were strong, just whatever they needed for me to create more of me, then that would free me up to continue to look at making their time at the company enjoyable. What could I look at that's going to make their job easier? Mm -hmm. My philosophy was to teach my people what they knew and then get out of the way and just let them do it so that I could spend time making the job easier for them. I think that's a great suggestion. And unfortunately, we're running out of time today. But I did want to give you an opportunity here at the end to share some final pieces of advice with our listeners about, um, you know, effectively managing your frontline employees, especially when you're there working with those customers directly. The biggest thing I suggest, Katie, is to spend time in their shoes so that you have an understanding of what they face and what they go through on a daily basis and support their efforts in trying to service a customer, support their efforts. Uh, Let them see that you're there for them. Support them when dealing with upper management as well. Have courage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speak up for your people when you're dealing with upper management. Your people respect you for that when you go to battle for them, when you know what it is they face in trying to do their job. Support them. That's the main thing is just provide support. And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up for today on Management Decisions. And we've been speaking with Errol Allen of Errol Allen Consulting. So Errol, thank you for joining us today and sharing your expert advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Katie, for having me today. I I had a good time with you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the LJN on Twitter. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.